Hey, new episode, Teal Shirt Report podcast, talking about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports. Hey, welcome. This is episode show number 60. You can go back to um, episode 59 for complete high school football scoreboard, college football scores. Alex and Henry's high school football reports are in episode 59 and 58A. We put out a, you know, a myriad of episodes about this is going to be our fourth episode we put out in the last, what, three or four days. Good to have you tuned in. Jaguars win. It wasn't pretty. First thing I thought of, the Jaguars won this game over the Raiders about the way they lose. They get down in this game 17 to nothing, come back for the win, and basically shellack the Raiders 27 to 20. And the way the Raiders lost was kind of the way the Jaguars have been losing. This snaps a five-game losing streak for the Jaguars. Again, the Jaguars with a 27-20 win. The Jacksonville Jaguars 27, the Las Vegas Raiders 20. Anytime you can t- keep another team from scoring or keep them at 20 points or less, that's a, that's a decent and good job by the defense. So we'll give the defense some some kudos. They played better. Uh, you know, finally we saw the defense playing actually a really pretty good fourth quarter. So we'll take a look at the stats. Also want to mention we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your North Florida real estate needs. Larry Saucer and his staff, they've got uh, real estate, business, commercial, home, residential real estate, whether you're buying or selling. Remember, Saucer Realty and Capital in North Florida, they do real estate deals in uh, Lake City, Gainesville, Live Oak, Jacksonville, and even a little bit further uh, to the south of this uh, North Florida line I'm telling you about. That's Saucer Realty and Capital. You can always find the link. You can find the link at BigJReport.com. Just scroll down to the 24-7 weather information. There was a time change. We did fall back, man. I thought the time changes were all over with. But there was a fall back, and it was great Sunday morning. You know, I'm thinking it's 7.20, 7.30, and it's actually in the 6 o'clock hour. So we, we officially did have a time change in Jacksonville. Maybe not everybody has it, but we did, and, man, I really loved it. Um, it's a traditional thing. Kind of made me feel good kind of get an extra hour of the day or an extra hour of sleep, if you will, and you still got some more time, an extra hour, right? So the time change, I had no problem with it. I was actually all for it. Um, again, we're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital. Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs uh, here in North Florida and surrounding areas. If you've ever thought about moving to this beautiful area of North Florida. And I know on the podcast, we got people listening in many, many other states, a lot of listeners way up in New York, uh, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, state of Washington, Virginia, Northern Ireland folks. Hello. Got a lot of Northern Ireland folks listening, and we want to say hello to them. Everybody, you know, throughout uh, the UK, People that listen in other countries, man, glad to have you. Glad to have you uh, listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're also brought to you by Elegant Time Travel. And 
what I want to tell you about elegant time travel is they're going to take you back in time to the Hall of Fame because there's a lot of historic busts, stories, videos, a lot to see. And if you're a really diehard and true football fan, you know, some people like to go to Disney World. What was the old... uh, Six Gun Territory, all these other attractions, SeaWorld, those are those are great. But man, for a football fan, this is like Camelot. And the guy, Dee Dee McDermott, can can make it happen for you. I'm gonna give you his phone number. If you have questions about the Hall of Fame trip in 2023, please give Mr. Dee Dee McDermott a call. Uh, I'm gonna give you his uh, phone number for uh, Dee Dee McDermott and elegant time travel. That's right. Check this out. Check this out. Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment present Going to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, uh, June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. you got plenty of time to get there. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Book your trip, or if you have questions about the trip, please contact D.D. McDermott by phone. At 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. I normally communicate with, I've, I've sent Dee Dee McDermott a couple of emails at uh, donmcdermott32218 at yahoo.com. So you can, you can email him, donmcdermott32218 at yahoo.com. I'll spell it for you, D-A-W-N-M-C-D-E-R-M-O-T-T-32218 at yahoo.com. This is email address, but reach out and call him for questions about the Hall of Fame trip at 904-442-3810. That's 904-442-3810. D.D. McDermott and everybody involved with the trip to Canton, Ohio, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame look forward to seeing you again uh, to book your trip or for questions, contact D.D. McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. Tony Baselli got into the Hall of Fame this year. You can take the trip next year. I'm sure you'll be able to see Tony Baselli's busts and uh, all the, you know, all the great history with the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Mr. D.D. McDermott can make it happen for you. Give him a call at 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. We're also brought to you by LakeUfallHits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. They've got recognizable hits throughout the day, like the Bankers Hours. But when nighttime comes around, man, they've got hits 2000s, Monday through Friday evenings. Um, don't forget about Rock Saturdays, classic rock on Saturdays, Rock Saturdays. And late at night, unique songs, unique songs, deep tracks, and some album album cuts uh, late at night. That's LakeUfallHits.com. Great internet radio where I tell you it's all good. Mad Max Mix. I talked to Max yesterday, and we're going to try to get on his show on Wednesday. Do a little interview with Max talking about BigJReport.com, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Best way to listen to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, as my executive producer tells me, go to our website at BigJReport.com bigjreport.com uh our latest episode is is always on the home page it'll say teal shirt report with our logo with all the duval hats so uh, please uh, please do check it out the mad max mix 
madmaxmix.weebly.com. What's the best way to descri- describe the Mad Max Mix? The best way to describe, and I'm enjoying a cup of coffee right now. Got some pumpkin spice in here. And I found a deal, you know, with all the prices going up in the stores, grocery stores, whatnot. I look for the deals. Most people do now. Hard to afford coffee unless you get the deal. Get the one that's on sale, right, if you if you like the coffee. I uh, had some Dunkin' Dark um, last week. This week um, is basically chock full of nuts. Chock full of nuts has a um, actually a medium or mild roast, and they also have a dark roast that's really good. And the big can was like two dollars off at the grocery store, and that's probably not going to last long. So I grabbed the big can of it. Should get me through the next week or two. But as far as the Mad Max Mix goes, madmaxmix.weebly.com is where we're sipping on the coffee. I know the coffee corner in South Southeast Alabama, they're going to be listening in. Folks in Georgia, Florida, et cetera, I want to say hello to Robbie Mumford, our real good friend. We were very saddened to learn about the recent passing of J.C. Outlaw III. He did Camden County High School football for 37 years. What an accomplishment. Sadly, he passed away back on October 31st. Um, his graveside services uh, were actually the graveside was was held up around a little small town right right outside of Woodbine, and I'll I'll try to pull up that obituary again here in a few minutes. But you know the main thing is remembering the life of J.C. Outlaw the Third. I had very limited conversations with J.C., but man, I love talking to the guy. Man, he was uh, he was he's he was a unique cat. We are talking about the Jaguars, right? You'll like this. J.C. Outlaw was born in Jacksonville, Florida, made his home in St. Mary's, Georgia. The burial was held up in the north part of Camden County, um, up near Woodbine. J.C. Outlaw III was 66 years old. He did Camden County Wildcat football on the radio from, from 1982 to 2020. When he got ill in 2020, he had to, he was unable to do the uh, – Camden County Wildcat broadcast anymore. And that's kind of sad, but man, 37 years. JC Outlaw the third listened to me up in heaven. And you did really, you did really good, man. And I enjoyed the, even though the short time I knew you, I mean, I guess I've known you since I met you, but the time I really spent with JC Outlaw and uh, his, his, his friend, Robbie Mumford, who did color analyst work for maybe half of those 37 years. Um, I think Robbie retired and JC kept on. <laughs> JC did it for 37 years. You know, Robbie, I have to do the math, but I know Robbie was probably the color analyst for kind of like I was on Randolph Clay football, more than 10, but less than 15, somewhere in that range. So I worked in the Kings Bay area in radio at WLKC FM back between. This is what I, where I met J.C. Outlaw doing Camden County High School football because our, our station was highly involved with the high school football coverage, of course. But I met J.C. Outlaw the third and discovered, I think J.C. told me he had gone to Jones College. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I've known a lot of people that uh, went to Jones College. Uh, Terry Smith, Terrence Smith, who I believe he's still doing Los Angeles Angels baseball. I believe he's still on that broadcast team, and he's been on that team for years. He went to Jones College here in Jacksonville. I knew Terry well when he did Jacksonville Suns baseball 
uh, here in Jacksonville when the team was called the Suns. Now they're called the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So in loving memory, we want to always remember the late J.C. Outlaw III, 37 years as the play-by-play voice of Camden County High School Wildcat football. Uh, they won. They did win their game. They did actually uh, win their game uh, last Friday. Uh, Camden County usually has a very, very good uh, football program as well. And you can check high school football scores back on episode 59. Episode 59, man, we got a complete rundown of you know last Saturday's college games, uh, Friday night high school football games as well. Apparently, the regular season has come to a climatic finish. My Ed White Commanders, district champs, gateway conference champs. That's old school stuff there here in Jacksonville. Um, We cover a lot of high school football for North Florida, South Georgia, some Central Florida scores, pocket of South, Southeast Alabama. Uh, I believe you follow Alabama lost the other day. Uh, Yeah, you follow did lose. Um, you know, and they lost to Faith Academy. I think it was Eufaula, maybe they're only, only the second loss of the year for Eufaula, Alabama in high school football. Faith Academy got them. Faith Academy 21, Eufaula, Alabama 15. Meanwhile, Med White Commanders, two straight shutout wins, and they're going to the playoffs. Um, I was told by, uh, by our by our good friend, John, John, I always want to call John, John Naylor, but it's John Gaylor. John Gaylor told me Ed White will play Reigns, I believe, in the first round of the playoffs, and I believe it's at Commander Stadium on the west side at home. That should be a pretty close game. I, I kind of like the Commanders by six points in that game, but those are two teams that uh, similar. Um, when you look at the scores of other teams they played, they're fairly, you know, they're fairly similar in what they've done against other teams. So it should be a pretty close playoff game. I got to pull for Ed White to win that thing. I like the commanders by about six points in the playoff game. I know we, um, we did say, um, we're not going to talk high school football. Now that's on episode show number 59. We're going to talk about Jaguars football, by the way, low Chipoka 28. Keith, 24, in Alabama high school football. We might throw a few scores in on, on this particular podcast. But let's get to the Teal Shirt Report podcast and the Jaguars coverage. Uh, we'll take a look at these wonderful stats. Somehow, someway, the Jaguars came from behind to win the game. Again, before we talk about the Jaguars, we want to mention we were talking about the Mad Max Mix on Weebly.com. You can find the links to the Mad Max Mix Wednesday night, the Internet Radio Wednesday night musical quest show with Mad Max. Find the links at uh, the Neighbors 2 section, the Outside the Box section. Uh, Mad Max plays classic rock music request, pop music request, and more. I'm looking at some highlights of the Jaguars game, the ETN touchdown, which was big. In fact, ETN... Man, the dude had two touchdowns. Man, he looked kind of, kind of strong, smooth, and powerful going into the end zone. Trevor Lawrence had a good day. I'm going to pull up all the stats. Um, yeah, I got some stats on Trevor. He had a touchdown pass. ETN had two touchdown runs. Uh, Derek Carr on the other side, other side for the Raiders got a couple of touchdown passes. Had a pretty good day. Um, I think you look at the days. Uh, 
Trevor was actually more efficient percentage-wise than Derek Carr, and that could have been a big difference in the game. ETN with two touchdown runs. And uh, again, we're gonna we're gonna pull up the stats. Let's go to the scoring. Devontae Adams, the former Green Bay Packer wide receiver, caught a 25-yard touchdown pass from Derek Carr uh, to open the scoring. The Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, had a seven-to-nothing lead with about 4:44 or 4:45 to go in the first quarter. Before I talk more about the Jaguars and this wonderful victory over the Raiders, 27 to 20, let me mention again the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com Internet Radio Request Show, Music Request Show Wednesday night. It's an Internet Radio Wednesday night Music Request Show with Mad Max. Whether you like classic rock, pop music, classics, this is the show for you at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. If you're a Gator fan, don't hold it against Max that he's a Georgia Bulldog football fan. We all kind of coincide together uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast and BigJReport.com. We really do. Okay, back to the back to the and make sure you check out Mad Max's show, the Mad Max Mix, Wednesday evenings, six till eight Central Time, seven to nine Eastern Time. MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. The simplest way to find it, though, honestly, is to go, go to BigJReport.com. Go to the Neighbors 2 section near where we have the concert listing. Scroll down, and you'll actually find a link for the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Go to the Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section where there's actually an article about Mad Max and his show, The Mad Max Mix, on Wednesday nights. So, again, Devontae Adams hauled in the uh, first touchdown catch of the game. Devontae Adams, a 25-yard pass from Derek Carr. The extra point was good. Daniel Carlson kicked it. Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had a 7-0 lead with about 4.45 to go in the first quarter. Second quarter, Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson came back with a 38-yard field goal very early in the second quarter with about 14 minutes to play in the second quarter. And here we go, Devontae Adams, another, another touchdown catch. And everybody say, man, Devontae's on his way to a world record day with two touchdowns that quick. Um, Devontae Adams, a, a 20, is that a 38? That was a 38-yarder. Yeah, Jaguars DBs got beat on that one. Devontae Adams, 38-yard pass from Derek Carr. That drive was only three plays and looks like 69 yards and elapsed. Uh, uh, lapsed only one minute and 42 seconds on that drive. Jaguars finally came back with a touchdown in the second quarter. Later, somewhat late in the second quarter, the Jags were trailing 17 to nothing. The Jaguars on a drive on the move, and it was uh, uh, completed with a Travis Etienne one yard touchdown run. If you got Travis Etienne on your fantasy league, Pretty good points, two touchdowns in this game. But that was the first of two touchdowns in the second quarter. Riley Patterson added the extra kick, 10-play, 75-yard drive that did elapse uh, about six minutes and one second off the clock in the second quarter. So the Jaguars' first touchdown was scored with four minutes and 50 seconds to go in the second quarter. Daniel Carlson, the kicker for the Raiders, Kind of said, hey, you, you scored Jacksonville. We're going to put some more points back on the board, make you feel like you can't come back. Daniel Carlson had a 38-yard field goal, 10-play, 55-yard drive. That elapsed about four minutes and five seconds. Jaguars defense having some struggles in the first half. With that field goal by Carlson with 45 seconds, with 45 seconds to go in the first half, 
The Raiders led at that point 20 to 7. Now, somehow, some way, the Jaguars got in field goal range. And you got to give them some credit in 45 seconds. Is this true? They ran eight plays? Man, time runs slowly in the final 45 seconds of an NFL game. Eight plays, 49 yards. Um, the Jaguars' Riley Patterson did connect on a 44-yard field goal, although he missed one later in the game. Uh, Riley Patterson got the Jaguars. This was a big kick, too, because he got the Jaguars within 10 points at halftime. So the Raiders led 20-10 to 10 at halftime. Third quarter, Christian Kirk, the guy that's making a zillion dollars, it seems like. He's making a lot of money. Christian Kirk's had some good games for the Jaguars, and he's had some games not as good where maybe they're king on him a little bit, perhaps the other defenses. You know, there's another team out there on the field, and they're going to scheme up what's happening. Christian Kirk uh, did score on a seven-yard touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence in the third quarter. Riley Patterson added the extra point. That, that drive was nine plays, 45 yards, about four minutes and 45 seconds on the drive. That's when the game got close, and you said, can they? Will they? Perhaps. Perhaps can they? Jaguars cut the lead. The Raiders 20. Jaguars 17. I think you're seeing a theme here. That the Raiders aren't going to score in the second half. That was the key to the second half. Jaguars with a Christian Kirk um, touchdown and reception, seven-yard pass from uh, Trevor, quarterback Trevor Lawrence of the Jaguars. They cut the lead to 20-17 to 17 early in the third quarter. So there was still 10 minutes, 15 seconds to go in the third quarter. Raiders don't score in the third quarter. They don't score in the fourth quarter, but the Jaguars got a touchdown and a field goal in the fourth quarter. Travis Etienne, a five-yard run. Riley Patterson added the um, extra point. Jaguars are on the, in the lead at that point with 14 minutes and 56 seconds to go. Now, how many of you at that point said, man, this is going to be gut-wrenching this fourth quarter, and we're going to lose that sixth game in a row? The defense played pretty good in the fourth quarter. They didn't allow any points. So you got to say they played good if they didn't allow any points. Uh, Riley Patterson did add an insurance field goal after missing a field goal. Riley Patterson came back with a 48-yard field goal on a four-play Nine-yard drive. Jags had some good field position there. They were apparently already in field goal range because they were kind of three and out. And they kicked it on fourth down. They got nine yards on the drive, so they they were like a yard short of the first down, apparently. But there was only a minute three left at that point. The Jaguars trying to kind of run out the clock. If they'd have got one more first down, they could have really run the clock out. But they were – Enough in field goal range to kick the field goal to at least get up by seven points where, hey, Raiders, if you score a Hail Mary touchdown or, uh, you know, go on a, a quick drive, the best you can do is tie us, unless you go for two, of course. The NFL has two-point conversions. They didn't always have that. Um, Riley Patterson did kick the 48-yard field goal, and that was the final scoring play of the game with a minute three seconds left. Jaguars win this one. The Jackson, how about that? The Jacksonville Jaguars, 27. The L.A. Raiders. The L.A. Raiders, 20. I'm going to blow my own horn. If, if Hey, if you go back to episode show number 59, you'll hear my prediction. My prediction was the Jaguars, 26. The Raiders, 23. I, I wasn't too far off the mark this time. The Jacksonville Jaguars win this one. Jacksonville Jaguars, 27. Jacksonville Jaguars, 27. The Las Vegas Raiders, 20. 
So the Jaguars 27, the Raiders 20. That one's in the books. Jaguars improved to three and six. Jaguars um, had lost their first game of the year. Then they won two in a row. Then they, I guess it's a game of strikes or a league of strikes, or at least with the Jaguars, it's a strike. They lose their first game. They win two in a row. They lose five in a row, and now they've won a game. The Jacksonville Jaguars now three and six on the season. For my prediction of eight wins on the season to come true in 2022, and, you know, we're over halfway through the season now, right? The Jaguars three and six were nine games in, eight games to go. The Jaguars wouldn't have to win five of their last eight games for my eight win prediction to come true on the 2022 season. We'll have more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Stand by and stay tuned. Okay, we've got um, we've got episode. We're still rolling with episode number sixty, right? Six zero, episode show number sixty. I'm not sure I said that earlier, but episode show number sixty is what this one is. Episode show number sixty, season number three of the Chill Shirt Report podcast. We were doing this podcast before COVID even showed up. I guess the official, and you know, we don't even like to go there as far as COVID because that opens up kind of a can of worms depending on how you feel depending on how it's affected you or not affected you i know what mad max told me the other day we had a good little talk about it you know i kind of keep the politics under my hat though i'm this isn't a political show but please get out and vote election day right election day in um in florida north florida we get out and vote tuesday this tuesday Get out and vote. I'll just say vote your conscience. I'm not going to tell you really who to vote for, but just vote your conscience. You know what to do. So this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, right? Thank you for tuning in. Jaguars, it's great to say we win. We win, man. I I think I was yelling at the monitor yesterday, and I said, man, we won. Ray Jenny pointed something out to me in the Facebook group. He said, man, we were trailing 17 to nothing. And, you know, at the time he said that, I said, that kind of dawned on me. I said, yeah, you know, I knew it was, I knew it was like 10 to nothing, but it was 17 to nothing. You come back from a 17, in other words, you come back trailing in a game 17 to nothing. That's a huge win. That's hard to do in the NFL. Look at the Jaguars, man. They, they had leads. You know, I'm going to say the Jaguars had leads in their five-game losing streak. They had leads in at least three out of five of those games or more. And the other team came back and won, and it was so agonizing and gut-wrenching. And you know what I'm saying. It's gone on for years. So, like I say, it's it's nice to win one. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, win their game. Jacksonville Jaguars 27, the Las Vegas Raiders. Seems funny to say the Las Vegas Raiders, the Jaguars did beat them with uh, Gardner Minshew in the last game, the last NFL game perhaps ever played in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, That was a comeback, come from behind win for the Jaguars also with quarterback Gardner Minshew. 
But this is 2022. Jaguars win at home. It's nice to win anywhere, but especially at home at TIAA Bankfield. Jacksonville Jaguars 27 and the Raiders 20. I'm going to attempt to uh, let's check some more stats on the game. People love stats, right? Ray Jenny pointed out from our Facebook group, Ray Jenny pointed out, he said, hey, the Jags were down 17 to nothing. So it was impressive to come back. Uh, the Jaguars did rally from a 17 to nothing deficit to beat the Raiders 27 to 20. Um, and, and I'm seeing some some quotes in here. I think this may have been from the Associated Press. Jacksonville's defensive back Tyson Campbell, who played his college ball at Georgia. Jacksonville's Tyson Campbell believes he can cover anyone in the league. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, it's good to have a little moxie, right? We've we've seen that before from the cornerback position. By the way, the Rams lost to the Bucks. Tampa Bay Bucks 16, the LA Rams 13. So this guy was an Urban Meyer pick, Tyson Campbell. Man, it's unreal. I mean, you pick him, the experts all say, oh, the Jaguars are 10, 15, 20 picks early on this guy. This guy's starting to play some really good football out of Georgia in his second year. Jacksonville's Tyson Campbell believes he can cover anyone in the league. Uh, his confidence um, had to be wavering a little bit at halftime against Devontae Adams because Adams had caught two touchdown passes, and they put Campbell on Devontae Adams the majority of the time. I think the Jaguars went to a little bit more zone in the second half is a story I'm hearing, you know, as I hear more about the game. But, I mean, let's – Tell it like it is. I mean, the Jaguars outscored Vegas 17 to nothing in the second half. Jaguars also scored 10 points in the second quarter. The Jaguars win the game 27 to 20. Let's see. We're going to pull up. Uh, oh, let's pull up some box score stuff on the game. Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 31, 235 yards, one touchdown. The, the key stat might have been with Trevor, no interceptions. Also, no sacks. Offensive line, you got to say the offensive line did an admirable job. The offensive line did an admirable job protecting Trevor Lawrence. No sacks in the game. Uh, Trevor's QBR, about 84.4. The other guy's QBR, 59.5. Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a decent game. His percentage of completing passes was actually not as good as Trevor's. Derek Carr was 21 Let's see, Derek Carr was 21 of 36 for 259 yards. Trevor Lawrence was 25 of 31 with a better pass percentage and 235 yards, thus the QBR rating even a little bit better for Trevor, although Derek Carr did have a couple of first-half touchdowns in the game, but no points in the second half. Now, this Jacksonville vaunted running game. Here we go. This might, you know, yards per carry. This was not the best uh, yards per carry game for running back Travis Etienne, but man, he, I think he, he proved that. And, and every time I, I watch um, Travis Etienne walking around, I say, man, is he limping a little bit? Is he okay? He must be okay. 28 carries, 109 yards, 3.9 yard per carry average, and he had two touchdown runs. It's all about pay dirt. This is professional football. Trevor Lawrence did carry the ball. And this might be another key. Trevor Lawrence carried the ball six times, 53 yards. Sometimes he's going to have to do it with his feet and his arm. 
Uh, Jamichael uh, Hasty now the backup, now that James Robinson's been traded to the Jets. Um, Robinson was out, and then he was back in that game. I didn't see any stats on Robinson. That's going to be interesting to look look at that stat as well. I haven't looked at any Jet stats. Uh, the Jets played the Bills uh, yesterday. I'm, I'm more worried, obviously, on the Teal Shirt Report podcast about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Travis Etienne, 28 carries, 109 yards. Trevor Lawrence, six carries, 53 yards. Jamichael Hasty, three carries, six yards. Okay. Receiving. Christian Kirk had a big day. Maybe his best day is a Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver. Eight catches, 76 yards, 9.5-yard average. He had one touchdown, nine targets, and eight catches. You know, when you're targeted nine times and you make it eight catches, that's a pretty good day. Plus, he scored a touchdown. Marvin Jones, five receptions, 48 yards. Zay Jones, five catches, 49 yards in the game. Um, only one wide receiver got a touchdown, and that was Christian Kirk. Dan Arnold had a catch for 19 yards. Travis Etienne, two catches out of the backfield for 17 yards. That's pretty good. I saw Luke Farrell's catch. I said, man, Luke looks pretty good. One catch, 15 yards. He had a nice catch. Evan Ingram, one catch, eight yards. Chris Manhurts, a catch for seven. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, one catch out of the backfield for five yards. Uh, fumbles in the game. Trevor did fumble the ball once and lost it, but no interceptions. Um, let's see. Devin Lloyd recovered a fumble. Okay. Vegas had a fumble, lost it, and apparently Devin Lloyd recovered it on defense for the Jaguars. Boys said Alakoon, nine total tackles, seven solos. Rayshon Jenkins, five total tackles, two solos. Um, as far as, uh, you know, sacking the quarterback, looked like looked like the Jags had uh, two sacks in the game. Let's see who got the sacks. Dewan Smoot, baby. Dewan Smoot, in my personal opinion, he was a guy that always thought of himself as a first-round pick, at least a late first-round pick. He fell to, I believe, the third round. I'm going to tell you that Tom Coughlin, when he was the executive vice president of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he made that selection. You can thank Tom Coughlin for that pick. Nobody was expecting a defensive pick at that point in the third round. And uh, Tom Coughlin was thanking some of his giant teams. He needed some defenders. I'm going to tell you right now, Tom Coughlin, and I was all in favor of re-signing this guy, Dewan Smoot, who actually had some injury issues early in his career, is playing a lot better now than he ever has. He had two tackles. Listen to this now. He had two tackles, two solo tackles. Both the tackles were sacks. Talk about making the right tackle at the right time, right? Tyson Campbell had, uh, let's see, he had two. Tyson Campbell, two tackles, uh, two solo tackles for Tyson Campbell. Trey Herndon, three tackles. There were three solo tackles. Andrew Wingard kind of came off the bench with three tackles. Really some critical tackles in the game. Three tackles, two solo tackles. Trayvon Walker, no sacks. But he had two tackles and two solo tackles in the game. And uh, Luke Farrell, the tight end, I think he made a tackle, a solo tackle. That must have been on the fumble recovery that uh, the Raiders got on that one uh, Trevor Lawrence fumble. So Trevor Lawrence throws no interceptions, did have one fumble. And that was basically it. Um, Arden Key had a tackle in the game. He had a he had a, Arden Key had a sack the week before in the game. The Jaguars lost. Chad Muma a tackle a solo tackle. 
Devin Lloyd, you know, a tackle, a solo tackle, and, and he, you know, Devin Lloyd got the fumble recovery as well. So that's some of what went on. Actually, Tyson Campbell had somewhat of a rough first half when you figure, I believe he was on the number one wide receiver uh, for the Raiders. Uh, and this was the guy that Derek Carr played with in college. It used to be with Green Bay. And, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, you're talking about um, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 146 yards. But he did most of his damage in the first half. Two touchdown catches. He was much more quiet in the second half. 17 targets, 10 catches, 146 yards. Two touchdown catches for Devontae Adams from his old college quarterback, um, Derek Carr. Uh, Josh Jacobs played, got 17 carries, 67 yards, no touchdowns. He was the big runner for the Raiders. So that's going to about wind out a lot of the stats. Jamal Agnew, who I think was the only injured Jaguar uh, going into this game against the Raiders. Jaguars were really relatively healthy. Jamal Agnew played. He was probably the most injured Jaguar going into this game, but he played. He had two kickoff returns. Oh, wow. He had two kickoff returns, 62 yards, 31.0 average. I think he got healthy in a hurry. Um, the punting Jaguars got one of the best punters in the league. Logan cook a 54 yard average on three punts. Riley Patterson, two out of three on field goals, uh, three for three on extra points. So he got nine points in the game. And that's, that's going to about round out the stats. The happy news, Jacksonville Jaguars, 27, the Las Vegas Raiders, 20 Jaguars now improved to three and six. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, fall to two and six. Are also zero and five on the road. But man, the Jaguars needed this win. Jaguars two and three at home. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars overall, where it's very, very the most important win loss uh, uh, record is the overall. The Jacksonville Jaguars three and six on the twenty twenty two season. So that's a complete look, you know, at a lot of the um, statistics. Uh, I was also going to look up. Um, last I checked, the Icemen were two and four. So we'll we'll kind of get an update on the Jacksonville Icemen as well. They were like two and four the last time I checked. So we'll try to pull up some information on the Icemen. We know the Journey and Toto are coming to the arena, uh, the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in February, February 26th. So plenty of time to get tickets from some source. Go to the arena box office. If they're not already sold out, you can get a ticket at the arena for Journey and Toto on February the 26th, the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. You know, I've seen, um, you know, our good friend Psychic Deli. I saw them at a show on her show in St. John's at that, at that cheer store over there. Uh, they were also at a winery in St. Augustine over the weekend. Chris Parker and his group, really good entertainers, and you know, and they, they have fun with the crowd and, they're, they're a good group to go watch, Psychic Deli. And we do check concert listings at BigJReport.com in the Neighbors 2 section. So um, let's check. We're going to check on the Jacksonville Iceman as uh, they're kind of part of uh, North Florida Entertainment and other area sports, of course. I checked on the Iceman yesterday because we did a lot of podcasting, you know, basically over the weekend. We did episode... Let's see, episode 58, episode 58A, episode 59 is up there with a lot of high school football scores and, and college football scores. 
But this is episode 60, talking about the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars win. So we got some we got some info today is uh let's see. Hmm. Jacksonville Iceman. They started out with two wins in a row to over Orlando at home and on the road. And then they basically uh lost four games in a row, including a tough loss to the Everblades. One of those games was two to nothing. They lost to the uh Everblades. Uh we will take a look at uh, the East Coast Hockey League standings. It's probably the best way to do it. Uh the Icemen in the South Division. Let's see, six games in. They're still two and four. But they got more, a lot of hockey coming. Now, don't let the two and four record of the Icemen scare you. Because they have had losing streaks, and then they backed it up later with a, a huge long winning streak. They did that a couple of times last year, had a really good season, a winning record uh last year. And the Icemen, you know, I'm gonna have to talk to Bob Arablo. This is either the fifth or sixth year. I I need to know that, but I get it confused a little bit. But this is either the fifth or sixth year of the Iceman. And I'll, I'll make sure I get an update from uh, Mr. Roblo about that. We want to interview him very, very badly. So I'm going to call him. I have his number. We're going to get in touch with uh, Bob Roblo, who is one of the main guys with the uh, uh, management of the Jacksonville Iceman. They play at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Yes, they are still two up and four down, two and four, six games in. I saw where the Savannah Ghost Pirates, the new team in the East Coast Hockey League, it's amazing. They, um, they actually are leading the Southern Division right now. You don't see that very often. A new team comes in and they're leading the Southern Division. Well, let me take that back. South Carolina now has won another game. They're five and one, six games in. They're actually tied uh, with Savannah at uh, five and one. Florida Everblades four and one. They played five games. The Atlanta Gladiators four and three with seven games in. Uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits, seven games in or three, three and one. Jacksonville is two and four after six games, but they're ahead of Orlando. Orlando was six games in, they're one, four and one. That's the Southern Division standings of the East Coast, East Coast, the East Coast Hockey League. Jacksonville Icemen are two and four. So let's, uh, let's pull up some, uh, concert stuff, uh, real quick as you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is the Monday morning, uh, podcast episode show number 60. Jaguars, uh, beat the, um, Raiders on Sunday. Jacksonville Jaguars 27, the Raiders 20. We ran down pretty much all the statistics and, uh. By the way, for more high school information, we love talking high school football. How about this score? Kendrick 70, Jordan nothing, a final score last Friday night, and that was in Georgia. Um, Larry Cole's Olapopka team got beat. Wakiva, Wakiva 20, the Apopka Blue Darters 14. Wildwood 62, Eustace nothing, some Central Florida scores. But we check all the scores. Go back to episode show number 15 for your high school football scoreboard, college football scoreboard. We don't check all the scores, but we check a good many and most of the important ones. I'll tell you that. Lakeside Chiefs went down in Eufaula, Alabama. Jackson Academy 58, the Lakeside Chiefs nothing. Faith Academy 21, Eufaula, Alabama 15 to give you a couple of Alabama scores. 
Um, let's see. Jones beat Dr. Phillips. Boy, Dr. Phillips. Sounds like a drink, doesn't it? Jones 35, Dr. Phillips 14 in Central Florida. Brother Bortles, old school, Avito High School 26, Haggerty 18, Lyman 48, Gateway 7. That was Lyman 48, Gateway 7. That's a Central Florida score. Also, Bishop Moore. There is a Bishop Moore, and they defeated Kathleen. Bishop Moore 15, Kathleen nothing. Uh, in Alabama, Comer 45, Lynette, Alabama 20. And how about the Randolph Clay Red Devils? He used to do play-by-play, not as long as J.C. Outlaw III. He did 37 years for the Camden County High School Wildcats, but I did over 10, maybe closer to 15. I didn't really keep up with the years, but <laughs> some years were interesting. But um, enjoyed my time in western Georgia, no doubt about that. The Terrell County Green Wave 28, the Randolph Clay Red Devils 14 on Friday. That would have been on Friday November the 4th, if I'm correct on the date there. So that's some of what went on in high school football. My Ed White Commanders uh, won their last two games. They finished 7-2, and two, the Ed White Commanders here in Jacksonville, Florida, the high school I went to. Not only did they win the district championship, they won the Gateway Conference Championship, and they're going to the playoffs against Reigns uh, this upcoming week. The regular season has ended. Playoffs uh, throughout you know, throughout North Florida, South Georgia, uh, a pocket or more of South, Southeast Alabama, Central Florida. There'll be playoffs coming, and we'll cover it at, you know, at BigJReport.com on our website and Facebook group. Got a lot of updating to do because there's a lot of games out there. So that's some of the games. Uh, again, Faith Academy 21, you follow Alabama 15, the Tigers lose. I think it's only their, like, second loss of the season, I believe. So they've had a pretty good team. Uh, Faith Academy, just a little bit better. Faith Academy, 21. You follow Alabama, 15, uh, the final score. Uh, checking the uh, concerts uh, real quick as we're kind of winding things down. Again, the Jacksonville Iceman are two and four, six games in to the new 2022-23 season for the Iceman playing at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Uh, take a look at some concerts. And again, we want to remind you, go back. Please go back to episode show number 59 just one episode back and there's a, a huge high school football scoreboard college football scoreboard alex nunnery's reports and interviews from a couple of games alex has reports in episode 58a and episode 50 as well so we appreciate you listening to the teal shirt report podcast some concerts uh that are going on let's take a look man psychic deli we had so much fun uh, going to that show, Psychic Deli, local North Florida band, was at Cheers on Friday, October the 14th at uh, Cheers Crap Beer and Wine at the Herschel and St. John's Triangle in the Riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. Your editor was there, and it was a very good show with Psychic Deli. Also, again, to remind you, the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Show, it's the Wednesday Night Musical Quest Show with Mad Max. 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, that's 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. It can be accessed on our Neighbors 2 page, but you can access it at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. Uh, some recent shows, Pink Floyd tribute band Floyd Nation was uh, in Jacksonville, Florida back on Friday, November the 4th at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, North Florida local band Psychic Deli played the rooftop at the San Sebastian Winery in St. Augustine. I've never been there. Would love to go. They played about four hours over there. 
on Friday, November the 4th. Man, good for Chris Parker and his guys. Um, they played on Friday, November the 4th. Don't forget the uh, the Journey and Toto show. Journey and Toto coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon in just a few months on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville. I am starting... I am, you know, honestly starting to learn some of the band members of uh, Psychic Deli, local North Florida band. I know Chris Parker pretty well. Uh, there's another guy in our Facebook group trying to learn his name. My memory sometimes will run off from me. T.J. Overman plays guitar. Man, he plays a, a cool-looking big guitar, too. I got some pictures of T.J. Overman playing that guitar. And I'm looking at a picture of his guitar right now. He's a friend of mine on Facebook, TJ Overman. Man, he 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 plays some of the coolest looking guitars. Man, it's a nice looking guitar that TJ Overman's got with the group Psychic Deli. So that's some of what is uh, going on, uh, you know, with the shows around the area. Obviously, there's more shows, and I'm even telling you, we'll be updating uh, the concerts here this week. We'll make some changes and update that on our website at bigjreport.com and give you more shows uh, here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. But Journey and Toto coming up. Uh, let's see, it's February 26th, just to mention that again. Journey and Toto coming up or coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon. In just a few months on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida. Your chance to see them in Jacksonville, Florida. By the way, since this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and we're talking Jaguars, did pick up a guard on the waiver wire, and um, and that was good for some depth because I know they lost Ben Barch to injury a couple of weeks back, and they got Tyler Shatley, I believe, playing back at guard now. People don't always keep up with the offensive lines, um, but the guy's name is uh, Hans. Um that is playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His name is Hans. They picked him up just a few days ago. He's been with numerous teams. He has been with uh, uh, numerous teams out there. Um, he's been with the 49ers, the Browns, Buffalo. That's Blake Hans. Jaguars claimed him back on November the 1st. That was one of the recent uh, roster moves by the Jaguars as they claimed uh, Jaguars claim offensive lineman Blake Hans off of waivers. Latest team he was with was the San Francisco 49ers. Jaguars claimed him on November the 1st. So he's just kind of getting acclimated to the Jaguar system is most likely a backup now. The Jacksonville Jaguars have claimed offensive lineman Blake Hans, mainly a guard. They got him off of waivers from the San Francisco 49ers. The team recently announced as they they picked him up back on November November 1 or right before November the 1st. I remember talking about this. I believe they actually made the move the last day or two of October. So the Jacksonville Jaguars claimed recently offensive lineman Blake Hans off of waivers from the San Francisco 49ers. He's about 6 foot 6, 310 pounds and has played in 24 games and made eight starts in his NFL career. Uh, he has played in 17 games, but he's only been in the league like 3 years. Um, he's, you know, making eight starts, six at right tackle, two at left tackle. Plus he's a guard. Um, in 2021, he played with the Cleveland Browns and played in seven games. 
with the Cleveland Browns, and I should say he played in seven games with the San Francisco 49ers this season. Um, so in 2021, he played with the Cleveland Browns and played in seven games with the San Francisco 49ers uh, this season. But he was waived. The Jaguars picked him up. So, you know, he's been with a, you know, a, a myriad of teams. He's been with Cleveland, Buffalo, uh, San Francisco, you know, he's the Washington Commanders. He was participating in training camp with the Washington Commanders. Listen to this now. This is something kind of cool about Blake Hans. Blake Hans is a Jacksonville, Illinois native, I believe. There's a Jacksonville, Illinois, much smaller than Jacksonville, Florida, but he's a Jacksonville, Florida, Illinois. He made 47 starts at Northwestern and played for four years from 2014 to 2018. So that's one of the latest roster moves. As you know, the Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley. That is big news because that may mean the Jaguars can spend that first-round pick instead of on a wide receiver, perhaps on a defensive tackle, another offensive lineman, tight end, what have you. If Calvin Ridley works out, he should work out. As long as he's cleared to play after his one-year suspension, Everybody seems to think he's going to be cleared to play sometime after the Super Bowl in February 2023. I believe the last year he played, Calvin Ridley got nine touchdown catches. So he could be a big-time, perhaps number one wide receiver for the Jaguars, paired with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Marvin Jones Jr. will probably not be back. He's on the last year of his contract, and you know, unless he does kind of a you know, a club-friendly deal. I don't know if that'll happen. I'm not sure if Marvin's going to play another year in the league. We'll see. He may go somewhere else. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Trying to bring you up to snuff on some things. We'll talk more about Calvin Ridley in the next episode and show. Um, this has been episode show number 60. I also want to delve into, and we're eventually going to do this either on the next episode or the episode after. I want to talk about the Georgia-Florida, Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville. Does it remain in Jacksonville? Pros and cons. I would hate to see it move. Man, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. I'd hate to see the game move. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Florida Gator fan, but there's a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans in South Georgia that love coming here. They even come down from North Georgia, I'm sure, as well. So we'll talk about the future and even the history of the Georgia-Florida, Florida-Georgia game on our next podcast, along with all the Jaguar stuff as well. This is going to do it for episode show number 60 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Special thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, for helping to get this show on, uh, Elegant Time Travel, LakeUfallHits.com, Great Internet Radio, Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs in North Florida, and the Mad Max Mix, Wednesday night Internet Radio Musical Quest Show. I want to thank our producers, Alex Nunnery, and also our executive producer, JC. JC, we're very sad to learn about your dad, Big Johnny, passing away. JC does a lot of and our prayers go out to J.C. and his, his family, of course. J.C., our executive director of the podcast. Thank you so much, J.C. This has been the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number six zero, episode show number 60. You have a great day. I'm Scott, your host. And, hey, I'm out. Have a great day.